to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. We're on to episode 47, if you can believe it. And today we've got the exciting opportunity to sit down with one of uh, Alberta's, if not Canada's, leading experts in apps for education, Charity Hellman. She's got a unique connection to Rundle College as well. Uh, her daughter attends here. She taught here for many, many years. And now she's working with the EdTech team as a event lead and an event coordinator and I know she's got a busy schedule with uh, dates coming up in the United States as well as all over Alberta uh, this summer and I think we'll hear about more of those as we continue on. So without any further ado I'm excited to welcome back one of our most popular guests to the show Miss Charity Hellman. All right, Charity, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you back. Thanks for having me. Super. And this afternoon, we get to talk about educational apps, something that's near and dear to your heart mm -hmm. and uh, something I'm always really interested in. So I think I'm going to learn a thing or two here today with you. Hopefully, I've got one really cool new one that is all abuzz on Twitter. Uh, this one is called Tour Creator. It, you can create a virtual tour with 360-degree tours or pictures yep. and make tours. Uh, it's great for kids because once you go in, uh, I started one. Let's see if it's going to load. Uh, you can take a shot of Rundle as a just a still image and create a tour of your Rundle campus. So gathering 360 degree photos of your campus, you can have uh, students or yourself, you could take pictures, students could go out and take pictures, and they could create an, a complete tour of your campus to show people what their campus looks like. Wow, that's very cool. Um, so you just start by setting it up on the title page, you enter your basic info, and then you can, what they say is add a scene. So going in, you can upload photos that you've taken with a 360 degree camera. You also have access to Google Maps where you can use PegMan to find mm -hmm. 360 degree pictures mm -hmm. and you can add them and then once you add them I'm just going to add this generic one here uh, as an example uh, once you add them you give a little description about your location you can also add a point of interest to that location so it'll come up with a little point on your picture cool. once you click on that you can provide more information about a certain building or um, monument or something in your picture and there's so much application to this charity like I see an opportunity for you know obviously for a school like a student could do a tour of their classroom or their campus yeah. with it but you could do for instance you could do a tour of your like neighborhood for your cousins who don't get to come see your home new home absolutely and when i was thinking about this on my drive in i was thinking about um the social studies units mm -hmm. and how they could do kids could do tours of locations in greece when they're studying greece yeah um the mayan aztecs in grade eight yeah. uh, japan like there's so many possibilities to this or when our kids for instance go off to ottawa or go to heritage park 
you could totally stitch together a bit of a tour that way too to provide that experience. That would be so fun. That could be, you know, a real educational piece to the yeah. tours that wow. the kids do. Wow, that's really cool. So again, Charity, what's the name of this app and, and how would people get to it if they're looking for it? This is Google Tool Creator. Okay. Or Tour Creator, my, my apologies. Yeah. Uh, so just Google uh, Tour Creator. It's vr.google. Uh, vr.google.tourcreator, I believe it is. Okay. But if I, I just Googled Tour Creator to find it and it came up. Right on. Okay. That's a great first tour and I can't wait, tool, and I can't wait to use it. Uh, what else do you have for us today, Charity? Uh, the second one that I have mentioned before in uh, my first podcast was Flipgrid. Yep. And Flipgrid is super, super hot uh, right now. Uh, it's a great way to get kids to do little video responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so you create this greater grid uh, where you can have students answer little topic questions inside the grid. So within your, your grid, you've got your topics. Each individual topic, students could provide separate video responses. Right. So you could do a novel study, say, on the outsiders. Yes. And then you can have your chapter one, you know, essential question about chapter one. Students could respond to that, and teachers can see their responses. Students could also see each other's and respond with other videos to those initial responses. Cool. So is this like, do you see the application being that of a like a study tool for kids? Is this something they could use to prep for... You know, learning more about a topic? They absolutely could. They could collaborate on their own grids uh, with each other and do that. Uh, it could create discussion within a classroom. It could just be a way for uh, teachers to get some formative assessment done. Right on. And, and it can all be done through... Uh, the iPad tools that are there or the laptop tools so on and so forth you don't need anything additional to, to make these um, it is there is a premium version of Flipgrid but you can have one grid with the free version mm-hmm. and there is an app that you can have on iPads you can use it on Chromebooks laptops cool yeah. and I'm pretty why do they call Flipgrid Flipgrid because it looks like a little flip cards when oh, you have the videos up. Um, I'll show you an example. You can see all the little cards, and then you click on the, the cards to see the video responses, and they play. Cool. Yeah, I would encourage parents and students to check that out. Like, it looks pretty seamless and usable and fun. Absolutely. And some of the uh, non-educational ways to use it, um, we've used it amongst colleagues to send birthday cards. You send birthday messages. Right. So within the family, you can use that and send little birthday messages to grandma and grandpa. Cool. Yeah, that's really, really, that's really fun. Yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> um, we'll be using that. Yeah, it's household. pretty neat. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and so, again, you just download Flipgrid. You just do a Google search Flipgrid? Yeah, Flipgrid.com is the website. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, the third one is actually an add-on for a Google Sheet. And it's called Flippity. Cool. Um, it started off as a website, flippity.net, but now it is an add-on. Um, so you just go to Get Add-ons, and you would search on your blank sheet, Get Add-ons, and you would search for Flippity. Mm-hmm. And once it's added on, Flippity has so many uh, neat little um, tools for teachers. Um, I always get the, oh my gosh, I can't believe that is mm. available to us when I present this at summits. So once you uh, open up the add-on Flippity, mm-hmm. it will ask you to pick a template. And once the box comes up, you'll see the wide variety of uh, tools that Flippity has. So like I said, they started with index cards. Right. Um, so that's the very first one, or flashcards, sorry. So um, what Flippity will do, the um, 
the magical thing about Flippity is you begin with a blank sheet. It will populate that sheet or spreadsheet um, with a script and it'll give you um, a template to begin with some information. You delete the the information that they populate it with. You put in your own information. Cool. So the flashcards, you'll have one column where you'll put in your terms and another column where you put in your answers. And then you'll publish to the web, is what they say. Yep. Uh, and then once you do that, they'll give you a live link. And yep. that live link will essentially become a website where you can go in and you can see your flashcard. And you click on it to see the answer on the other side. And it flips it, which cool. is neat. Well, it looks like a super fun and interesting, mostly a study tool for the very beginning. Yeah, and I yeah. can see that it, there's other applications like games and, and yep. whatnot as well. They've got their Flippity Quiz Show, which is like a Jeopardy style. But my favorite is the Flippity Random Name Picker. Oh, right. Uh, I used this all the time when I was in the classroom. I had three tables in my classroom and I would use the team or three teams mm-hmm. and every time my students would come in I'd have their class flippity up on the board we'd scramble it and then they'd know where to sit that way you're mixing up the kids in your classroom they're not always right. sitting with the same kids and it was like a game to them and yeah. if I forgot they reminded me no doubt and teachers love this when I introduce it it's totally yeah it seems like it's gamifying the class and it's a lot of what we do kind of old school but this is taking it you know <laughs> absolutely to the new new century and and making it easier I think for teachers to do absolutely. I see tons of application for teachers for students for parents if they're trying to make studying just a little bit more fun for the kids or homework or whatever the case is absolutely and then the one that uh has become a big hit at summits is the flippity tournament bracket yeah, I see that so, right now. so coaches and phys ed teachers are loving this because you can have it um say if you had a screen in in your gym yeah you could have your laptop out have your tournament running and all you have to do is click on names to advance them throughout the bracket that might be like the best application yet that's pretty cool yeah it's totally (laughs) cool to build out your own uh, brackets and have it easy like that i remember fighting with spreadsheets all the time to get that to work but this looks like it's a totally simple application for it it's pretty fun okay well coaches there you go that's one for you uh flippity looks awesome and to get to it again we just downloaded through the applications in the google sheets uh portion of uh, of the google sheets software yeah it's an add-on for google sheets cool Mm -hmm. okay excellent thank you for that charity Mm -hmm. okay charity uh let's move on to the kind of next series of questions here i know that you have the opportunity to work with teachers from across country or i guess across the continent around the world and i'm always curious about um what are the biggest aha moments that the teachers have when they're attending a uh ed tech google summit what what are they taking away well um One of the biggest aha moments that I get and that some of my colleagues shared with me that they get is through Doctopus and Gubrick. Okay. um, Which sounds... (laughs) They sound hilarious. They sound hilarious. um, But you can see I have my computer screen in front of you Mm -hmm. and it looks like a crazy data-filled spreadsheet. It does. Right? Yeah. So all I've done to get this is I've added the add-on Doctopus. And what Doctopus will do is it works with Google Classroom. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're teachers that are Google Classroom users and they have an assignment in Google Classroom, mm-hmm. it's gonna ingest all those assignments into this spreadsheet and create this whole piece of data which you really only need one link from in the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so once I have that, what I can do is I can use something called Gubric, which is a tool that will bring in a rubric mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And I can open up each child's assignment 
and it'll create this rubric that the rubric that I have it'll put it kind of across the top and I'll be able to online assess my students work by filling in the rubric just by clicking on squares mm -hmm. and I also have the um, option to provide audio back audio feedback right, back right. to my student and then when I'm all done and I say submit what Doctopus and Gubrick is going to is going to do is it's going to attach that rubric to the bottom of the assignment for the student cool. along with a link to the audio feedback if I have it along with any typed feedback that I write Right in. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, teachers are always like, oh, makes my life so much easier. No doubt. No doubt. And I think that like whole automation piece we talked about is like, how do we be less busy and have something help us out? And I think a little bit of work with uh, Doctopus and Gubrick. Gubrick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> goes a really long way. I've actually seen people use this and um yeah. yeah it's been it's been a real game changer for those teachers in the classrooms and Absolutely. i particularly enjoy the voice feedback option because i think there's something about hearing somebody's voice yeah. and letting them give you feedback that way that's just even more impactful than reading the written word or just getting the abc or one two three uh on it so this allows for all of that Absolutely, yeah. Teachers love it. Um, the audio feedback, for sure, instead of typing it out, yeah. they love that. Uh, anything that makes a teacher's life more efficient mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. is an aha moment. Totally. Um, so the second one I do want to share with you is an extension. It's actually by EdTech Team, by cool. a colleague of mine, Mr. Chris Kraft. Right on. And he created the extension called Checkmark. Okay. And Checkmark makes teachers' lives a lot easier as well. So it works with Google Docs, and when I enable it, um, what it will do is if I have, if I'm looking at students' work and say they've had a spelling error in their work, yeah. I'm going to click on that word and highlight it, and then a little keyboard is kind of going to pop up with yeah. some symbols on the keys. So I might look for the spelling, and it's an S on my keyboard right now. So if I click on that little S on the side of my Google Doc, it creates a little comment box already populated with check spelling. No kidding. Teachers eh? don't have to type these comments in anymore. Yeah, no, that's totally it. And then an awesome thing about this is um, Mr. Kraft listened to teachers and now he's also enabled you to click on the extension in the extension bar and now you can customize it for your own comments. How cool is that? Yeah so if say maybe with my students instead of an S for spelling I use SP for spelling mm -hmm. I enter mm -hmm. that and you can see that it changes the little button on my keyboard. That is an aha and a game changer for teachers. I hope people right. are listening. One more time Charity what is the name of this? This is called Checkmark by EdTech Team. Okay, cool. It's found in the Chrome website store it's an extension for chrome right on right on and yeah i'm looking at now i know we can't see it the listeners but you're gonna have to take my word for it this would be extremely helpful if you're working with any written work yeah. that students are doing and it has to be in google docs obviously but that's not a stretch for most of our teachers these days so um wow that is really cool check mark everybody you got to check it out that's really good huge time saver awesome Okay, well, I don't know how to top checkmark charity, but we'll do our best <laughs> to, to do that. Uh, let's talk about summits, because I think this is a really unique and interesting professional development opportunity for teachers, and I know for students and parents in the past have been involved. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, as they pop up across the country and across our province, uh, from your perspective, what makes them so magical? 
Wow, that's a really good question. Um, when I first started going to summits, you were actually at the very first summit that I went to. Yeah, yeah. And I was hooked. It was awesome. And Honestly, it is really cool. For sure, right? Best PD I had ever been to, mm-hmm. the most takeaways from any PD. Yeah. And those are some of the things that make it so magical. Mm-hmm. Um, but some other things that you you really notice are the, the differences between summits and, and some other PD is the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Our team brings a ginormous amount of energy. We totally. kind of shock some people early yeah. in the morning when they're coming yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, but that's one big jarring. thing. Like it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. this you is can't more than... be that happy. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But we are. Um, and, and you find at these summits, if you're going to these summits, then you're looking for something specific in the realm of ed tech. And, yeah. and you find that you're around your people. It's your tribe. And, yeah. and being around like-minded people for two days is infectious and amazing. It is. And you come away just so energized and ready to infuse that into your classrooms. Yeah. Um, some other things that are really becoming a big thing and, and that we're known for are launch pads now. Um, so launch pads, we have... Um, available every session of our summits and it's just a space that you can go and get one-on-one time with our team or with some speakers and that's super valuable right because you learn something and maybe you're not you only get one hour with your speaker so then if you're not so sure on it you can go sit down with that speaker if they're free and get one-on-one time with them love it love it yeah that's launch pad um some other silly things that make it fun are prizes Mm -hmm. um and, and just the music that we have playing. And it's just a whole different atmosphere. It's a totally different experience, for sure, than a typical professional development opportunity. For sure. I think one of the things, Charity, that I like about uh, what EdTech is doing or what Google's doing is a different levels of certification that, that you can receive through it. And I think that uh, brings a lot of... Um, Credibility to the, you know, to the professional development and to the work that you guys are doing. Um, if people are listening and they want to know more about the work they can do inside those accreditations, what, what is that all about? Okay, we have, um, you generally start with Google Certified Educator uh, Level 1, mm-hmm. um, and that's just your basic G Suite type tools and how, how well do you know how to use them and apply them in a classroom. Um, it's a quick, well, not really that quick. It's about a three-hour exam online, yeah. and it maybe costs only about 15 bucks, yeah. I believe. Um, and that just proves to Google that you know how to use these tools in sure. the classroom. Uh, level 2, Google Certified Educator Level 2, is a little more complex. It takes the tools a little further, expands mm-hmm. uh, the repertoire tools that you are using. Same amount of time for the tests, about the same amount of money, um, but it gives you a little more credibility in terms of, I know my Google. Right, right. Um, and then if you want to take it a step further and start teaching other people and training people, we have a Google uh, for Education Certified Trainer yep. uh, um, badge, I guess. And that will enable you to, to say, hey, Google thinks I'm good enough to teach other teachers. And you can start going out and working um, at our summits with us. Yep. You could do PD. You could tell schools, you know, I could come in and do PD for you. And um, one of the perks, I guess, is you can get paid for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and then the final one um, is a Google for Education Certified Innovator. Okay. And this is relatively new, and it used to be the Google Teacher Academy. And a couple years ago, they changed it over to a new program. Same idea, Google Innovator Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can apply, and this means you're a change maker in education, or you want to see change. Cool. And you submit an idea. Um, it used to be an idea for a project in education that yeah. you're going to create change with. Um, they've recently changed their focus, so they're looking at what is a challenge that you see, and how do you think you can go about solving that challenge? Right. Right. Um, but yeah, these are these are our real innovative change makers in education. Cool. 
Yeah, and I really like that. You know, through obviously the work that you guys do at EdTech Team, it's a great launch pad, if you will, for lots of uh, these great programs. And so exciting for all teachers, and I hope lots of people look into it because it is absolutely spectacular professional development. All right, I think uh, you know we've hit many of the tools, and we've talked about some of the professional development. And now I'm interested in some of the more maybe even philosophical side of technology. And one of the comments that we continually get from parents all the time, and I'm not sure there's a a really great answer for it, but um, what about screen time? You know what? And Charity, I'm just curious. Somebody who who's immersed in technology and spends a lot of time with technology and professional development technology, uh, well, how do you feel about kids and, and screen time? Well, like everything, moderation is always key, right? right? Um, so when I was in the classroom, um, I tried to keep a mix. Mm-hmm. We weren't on screens all day, all yeah. the time. And I think parents, um, and being a parent of some, a child in grade six going yeah. into grade seven, yeah. um, she's been one-to-one on an iPad. She's going to be one-to-one on a laptop next yeah. year. And I just have to consider, okay, she's on the screen a lot at school, so let's limit it at home. Yeah. So my role as a parent kind of has to step up. Right. Um, and she's, you know, I have to be honest, she's quite good about it. But yeah. I think a general rule is just to keep mod- keep it in moderation, but keep in mind that schools are actually not always on the screen. That's there right. are so many new things in education that are taking kids away from the screen, but they're still innovative and they're still getting kids critically thinking. Um, and I just thought I'd bring up a few of those things. Please, Because I'm not sure, like I know because I'm in the world of yeah. tech and, and whatnot, but I'm not sure all parents know that. Um, so the makerspace, that's a huge yeah. thing right now, right? Yeah. Um, um, and that itself is so innovative and creative and the things that kids can make if you just give them the time to think, if you pose a problem to them and the challenge that they have and to think, um, it's a really great one. Uh, inquiry-based learning is a big thing right now. Right. We actually have a Canadian on the forefront of inquiry-based learning, Trevor McKenzie in Victoria. Cool. Um, he's got two great books out on inquiry-based learning, but here at Rundle, the 20-time project that kids do in grade 8, really fits into that inquiry-based learning. Yeah. Um, and that is not always screen time in That's the classroom right. when they do that. Um, you've also got STEAM and, or STEM in yeah. some uh, areas of the country, and that's not always screen time. It's infusing yeah. technology, it's infusing makerspace mm-hmm. and science, and you know, obviously the acronym is there. Um, and at the elementary, they're doing fantastic things in that area. Yeah, it's really cool. I to really see it come enjoyed on. that competition this year. It was neat, right? Yeah, it yeah. was really cool to go watch. And you've got amazing teachers over there doing great things with it. Yes. Um, and then one final thing um, that kind of gets kids off the screen, but is still uh, with technology is a new thing called Rocket Books. Oh yeah, and okay, yeah. Tell us more about Rocket Books. They're pretty cool. Yeah, Rocket Books are very cool. So there's a few varieties of them. Um, the one that I have that that we've handed out through a tech team, um, it's not reusable. It looks like a basic notebook, and yep. people kind of give us the look when we hand them out, like, yeah. "What? This yeah. is a tech conference? Why are you giving me a notebook?" Um, so what it is is it's a notebook. You write in it, you make your notes, and then you download the app for Rocket Books, mm-hmm. and then you can scan your page and you set up beforehand uh, the destinations. Yeah. So I I could scan my page and I could have it set up to email um, myself. I yep. could have it set up to go to a folder in my drive, my Google yep. Drive, and then it goes there as a PDF. Yep. Um, and it's pretty fantastic. And and the biggest way I can see these used in classrooms is in the sciences. Yeah. Like in math where they still want kids pencil to paper, sure. in, in physics, chemistry, science class. Um, kids can do all their work with their pencil in a rocket book and then they can scan that, send it to the teachers. Teachers are taking home less because yeah. 
it's all digital now, um, and then you can still provide the comments. Um, so I think Raga books are, are fantastic. Yeah. Um, different varieties. There's one that you actually microwave. You use a special pen on the page, and then you'd stick it in the microwave for about 30 <laughs> seconds with a glass of water. <laughs> My daughter Ava actually has one. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds pretty she bizarre. Blew her, yeah. She blew her friends away over at the <laughs> elementary by putting her notebook in the microwave. They were like, what? Yeah, it erases the page. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, then, that was Star Trek. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And then there's some that you can get that are like color based. So for, yep. for younger kids, they could do their coloring in it. And then you can scan it as a parent. Yep. And then you don't have all these coloring pages sitting yep. around your house. You've got them all digital. Those, if you're listening, legitimately Google Rocketbook. I know it's available on online retailers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really neat. I've seen it in action. And I've seen the whiteboard erase ones. I've never seen the microwave one. But I've seen the pencil and paper one. I think there's a tremendous application to it. It's really, yeah. really great innovation. And I think, Charity, what I hear you saying is, you know, it's not so much about the technology per se, but it's a like a compelling application of learning. Like, how, how do we get these kids involved in learning across all domains, whether it's STEM and STEAM and makerspace and inquiry and, you know, technology one-to-one. It's just about providing um, compelling curriculum for them to, to get involved in. Oh, for sure. And, you know, my motto when I was using technology in the classroom was, it's got to be purposeful. If mm-hmm. I'm, if it's mm-hmm. not, if it doesn't have purpose in my classroom, I had to question myself why right. was I using it. Right, and I think that's a great like touchstone for parents. Mm-hmm. You know, is what the kids doing purposeful? And it might be downtime. Like maybe they need a little bit of downtime, or maybe they need it for research. But let's make sure it's pers- purposeful and in moderation. I think we'll all be okay as a result. For sure. Awesome. Great. Great response. Okay, now the last question of this episode, Charity. Um, let's talk about the old lockers and binders and filled with paper and all the rest mm-hmm. versus um, Google Drive. Uh, where are we going in your opinion? You know what? I think Google Drive is a fantastic tool for mm-hmm. those executive um, pieces. Um, over my last few years of teaching, I saw this change kids' lives. Yeah. Um, so Google Drive has a lot of the same things that a binder does. You, yep. You're able to uh, color code it. You're able to have your folders. You have your organization piece, but it's all digital. Yeah. And so there are so many more pros to that. Um, if a child can't find something in their binder, you can't go to the front of that binder and enter something in a search tool yep. to look for that piece yep. of paper. It's probably yep. gone, it's right? Probably gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at the bottom of the bag crumpled up with lunch from two weeks ago. Exactly. Yep. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so I find that Google Drive um, is helping these kids who have those bursting backpacks. Right. They can't find anything. Their homework is never there. Half the period is always spent looking for something. Yeah. Um, now it's always there, always accessible, mm-hmm. um, especially if the teacher is using Google Classroom, then they always have a copy of that totally. student's work and there's no more excuses for last work. Um, but on top of that, it's a lot of stress for a kid to upkeep a binder and mm-hmm. worry about those binder checks that teachers do. That's right. That's um, right. How old school is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally is. I right? It still happens. I know. It, it does yeah. still happen. And I'm not knocking any teachers no. that still do it. To like, no. these, these skills are important yeah. in life. Um, but I was asking my daughter, I'm like, what do you like about Google Drive? And this was one of the things she said. She said, it's really stressful. And I try to stay really organized, Mom, but... It's really stressful worrying about how neat my binder is. Right, right. So that takes that off yep. of a child, and they don't need any undue stress. That's right. 
Um, we talked about the lost items in the messy backpack. Um, for sure, that is one of the things that takes away. But also, how about how heavy that backpack can get yes. with all your binders? Yeah. So it's healthier overall yeah. for our kids. Um, and it's so user-friendly. Like, it's not this big, daunting um, thing to learn to use Google Drive. It's yeah. very, very user-friendly. So we've got that. And we've got that they can share and collaborate, yeah. which enables so many more things that they can do with their peers. They don't have to worry about, are you free at this? time to get together to work on this project it's all in the drive share collaborate work at home separately when you can um and then how about for teachers how many times teachers have you gotten a piece of work handwritten out and you're like i can't read this no kidding right so the legibility of using um the g suite and google drive and the easy to read uh ability for teachers is life-changing it is totally is totally is so i think there's so many more pro uh more pros sorry than cons to using Google Drive over binders. And we've been using Google Drive as faculty here for quite some time, and I'm finding it's been helpful because you're able to search back a year year ago and find something that yeah. was there. And if I had binders, it just wouldn't work like that. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I've learned, though, is like making Google Drive searchable. Like I think we have to teach kids tools so that they can find the things they need when they want them. Right, yeah. One of the things we tell teachers at Summits is um, with your drive, because... As teachers, we like to be very organized. Yeah. The color coding is a big thing for a lot of yes, teachers. It is. Um, and things need to be neat, so they start deleting things. We say, don't delete, and that mm. freaks teachers out. No, no. What? I can't delete anything? It's okay, because yeah. you can search everything. Yes. But with students, that is also great, because students can search back, and that's how they have this portfolio of work. Right. By the time they get to grade 12, they haven't taken anything away from their It answers from a their lot drive. of the portfolio questions. Like, yeah. how do you develop portfolios and, you know, get all those pieces together in one place. Right, because it's all there to begin with, and then you can start pulling it, and maybe it's a Google site you're using for a portfolio. You can pull it right from your drive, and it's all there. Never delete anything from Google Drive. I think, uh, you know, I'd end with this question, and it's probably problematic for some schools, but Charity, do you think there's a time when uh, schools are going to recover all of the space that lockers take up? Can we have a school without lockers, junior, senior high? I think you can. Yeah. I absolutely think you can. I think we can too. I think yeah. it's a it's gonna be a waste of space in five years. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Okay. Well, I just want affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> the lockers will be here next year on the college, not to worry, but <laughs> but maybe someday we'll be able to get, get away without having lockers and reclaim that space and use it for something that isn't just storage. Yeah. That'd be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Charity, thanks for coming in and taking the time today. I hope everybody uh, takes the time to check out all the things you talked about. You've just made so many awesome recommendations and I think for for everybody and a huge endorsement of the you know EdTech Teams summits if you have the chance to take one in as an educator you really should it could change the way you look at uh, professional development your practice the tools are out there uh, how exciting education is in this day and age and um, yeah check them out for sure great thank you Jason yeah you're welcome